Hey, welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all those things culture doesn't want to talk about. That will scare you. All right, Nathan. Well, we're back. We had a week off for Fourth of July week, so uh, you know, celebrating our independence. It was a great week. We didn't have a podcast last week, but we got one for you this week, and you're gonna like it. You're gonna. It's gonna be an amazing podcast. We were gonna do some other segments, like what did Biden say, and some Which fun is stuff. One of like, my favorite segments. It really is. It really is. But we did an amazing uh, interview with our good friend Pastor Chris, um, and he's from Richmond, and we want to dive into that. It was went about an hour. So we're going to, uh, we're just going to dive into that because we think it's going to be awesome. And right now we've got the abortion debate is hot in our state here in Indiana, all around the nation, yeah. but really here in our state. We need you praying. Yes. Right now it's time to pray. It's time to engage. And it is time to call your legislator. These, these guys need courage as you're going to, you're going to hear in our, our uh, podcast as it, as it unfolds, you, you can't sit back and say, I wish that during that day I would have done something. This is now the time for the church to arise. Amen. Amen. All right. So without further ado, let's let's jump in and hear from Pastor Chris at Gateway Church in Richmond. Hey, welcome back to Jesus, Sex, and Politics here. We've got a great guest in the studio, a fellow pastor, Chris Monahan. Chris is a pastor over at... And he wrote the Bible. Well, we're going to get into that in just a second. He did write. Okay, the, he didn't write the Bible. No, he wrote. He did. He did just we did put a translation. out. <laughs> and it's awesome, and it I is. use it. That's and right. I love it. When so, do we get to talk about that? Can we like introduce our guest here just for Welcome, a second? Welcome, my friend. So Thank great you, to have you. Yes, thanks for being here, Chris. Um, and you are a pastor at Gateway Church in Richmond, Indiana. Yeah, I've been there about fifteen years, and uh, we just love serving our community. We do have one of the largest food ministries in our state, and. We have reached out to our drug recovery program, highly involved. And then we did this crazy thing called Voice of the Patriots. And that's where I first yeah. got to meet Pastor Micah Beckwith and uh, get to learn that there are other brothers in Christ who are bold and standing up for truth and not afraid to to address the things in the political realm. So thanks, guys, for having me. I'm humbled. Nate and Micah, thank yeah, you guys. We're, we're glad yeah. to have you. Man, it's good to – yeah, it's good to – find fellow pastors who are willing to step into the battle. And I, that's kind of what we wanted to talk about a little bit today is um, I feel like the Lord is waking up pastors to engage in our nation. Okay. Now I think some pastors would have said many times uh, over, over the last 50 years, well, yeah, of course we're supposed to engage in our nation, but we were talking before we started recording. I think a lot of pastors have this idea of unity and, and unity for the sake of unity is the is the way to go as a pastor? Is it's kind of the push that a lot of churches are are going that direction. Well, we gotta love and unify, and and I think that's a really dangerous message because unity around things that are weak, wicked, and evil is not good, right? No, like, it's pollution, <laughs> and so it's it's pollution. You, how can two walk together unless they're in agreement? That's right, and and that means you actually have to know what you what you are discussing. Yeah. You know, it's it's just like come and reason together. Let's let let's come and reason together. Well, that requires people that are reasonable. Yeah, 
And I, and I feel like too, both of us, uh, I think all of us have realized Ecclesiastes three, there's a, there's a time for peace and there's a time for war, exactly. time for love, time for hate. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, like, as I was driving over here, I actually put on two, uh, two GPSs or two like Google maps and, and ways, and both are like telling me different things to do. Mm-hmm. And how confusing is that? You know, how dumb is that actually, but to really figure out like, who are we supposed to be listening to? I think is what has been so key to us and our team um, back in Richmond is like, okay, God, connect us to the right people and then let us like, let it resonate with us because if we're not hearing the right voice, then we're, we're guided in the right direction. We're, you know, we're hearing so many different voices. And I think the church and even pastors right now, uh, there are, there are two choices there. You know, what time is this? Is this the Kairos moment? Are we like the sons of Issachar who know the times and seasons? And I believe this is a Kairos moment. I, What's the kind of the pushback you've been you get over in Richmond, if any at all? And I don't know if there has been pushback, but you've been pretty overtly engaged in the political process over there, and even um, uh, I think it's uh, Mark Pierce. Uh, does he go to your church? Mark Pierce goes to my church. Okay, and he yeah. he ran for uh, state rep. Yeah, and he was running against the incumbent, which is never, you know, that's yeah, a party sure. doesn't like that. And so, you guys as a church were openly behind him and said, "Listen, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna." I, maybe not the church per se, but like you guys really, we were, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we, you know, we we've been contacting our legislators and and speaking to him, and you know, again, we're just so grateful for um, you know connections with people like like you, Micah, just people who who get what's going on in the political realm, get the the rhetoric and the games that are being played and, and kind of the lingo, because, you know, I'm, I have this dangerous thing of like trusting people that actually what they say is what they mean. And I'm finding that's, you can't do that with, with so many politicians and you, and, and people in general, you have to really be hearing the voice of the Lord right now. And so, you know, what we did and we talk about, um, pushback is we we've been um you know showing up at school board meetings um school board meetings have been shut down we almost went to jail one time the second time <laughs> second time i was convinced i'm like we are going to jail but um we actually had the sheriff of our town come speak at our patriots meeting and he went through the you know i'm a good you know we're doing a great job and, and i think he's doing a you know decent job whatnot but at the end of end of his talk, I said, "Now, will you arrest anybody for not wearing a mask in a in a building?" And he said, "No, I won't." So we went to these school board meetings maskless, and they were calling. They called the police. They um, we were in the front page of the newspaper. <laughs> um, the funding for our hung- like we we're funded again. We 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 have this thing called the Hunger Relief Center, which during COVID fed over six thousand families in one month. It was it was insane. And we were applauded by the community of standing up in the midst of COVID and not being afraid. And all of a sudden, like <laughs> they turn. And all of a sudden, like <laughs> six months later, we're like, and yeah, we were we were voted the nonprofit of of the year for our from the Chamber of Commerce. Wow. I mean, we were you know pr- presented in front of mm-hmm. all the all of our community for standing up and not being afraid of COVID. So six months later we're showing up at meetings, not afraid of COVID <laughs> and we're demonized. And I'm like, you know what, what happened? Yeah. You know? And we just went in with, we, you know, again, we're being coached. Mm-hmm. We're as a pastor, I'm new at a lot of, uh, you know, understanding the constitution, understanding the importance of it. So I'm a little, I'm playing catch up. Um, but 
we have to realize like putting a mask on a mask is a medical device according to the fda and if you put if you're telling me to put that over my face then you're requiring me to wear a medical device over my face and th- you're not a doctor and that's practicing license without a me- without <laughs> practicing <laughs> medicine yeah, without good. a license and that's actually a, a felony yeah. in the state of indiana so we would just go oh, in with God. this I, I would have loved to have <laughs> come up with that that's yeah. awesome but study it you'll study it as we studied it out and you know as i was preparing to come in today you guys remember the story in acts 19 of the the sons of skiva yeah now got every, their tails kicked everybody throws the sons of skiva under the bus okay and if you look into the the name translation bible it's interesting which by the way we never got into that that is the bible we were talking about earlier you did a translation of it called the names and you every time there's a name in the scripture you 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 uh lay out the meaning in parentheses it lets you know the meaning yeah and i gotta just full disclosure i've been using this bible since micah gave me a copy of it um for at least two months i love it come on i love it 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 reads different almost i can get a sense of the prophetic yep just by reading these names it's it's absolutely influenced my preaching in in our first samuel series and 100 great great tool yeah and that's thank what, you that's what we it. created for is a, it's a great research tool but if you go into acts 19 so the the name skiva means prepared and what you find oftentimes is people will either live up to their name or they'll completely blow it like the person who's named <laughs> joy they're like mm-hmm. on depression it's like, medication. It's like it's like it's like irony, right? It's like it's yeah, all right. yeah, it's ironic. So 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 the sons of Skiva, right? They they go in and they and they're and they're sons of a Jewish priest. They're not believers, mm-hmm. but they're going then they have a deliverance ministry, and it must be somewhat successful because they're travelers and they're and they're casting out demons. And, you know, as the church, we've always looked at the sons of Sceva. Oh, you know, they weren't prepared. You know, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? But let's think about, let's give it up for the sons of Sceva. They were doing something. Yeah. They, they, were, they, were del- they were in deliverance. And they weren't afraid to go and even do things that they weren't qualified to do. And I feel like today God's raising up the sons of Sceva again. And they're not doing it the way that we would tell them to do it. And they're getting their butts kicked by the demons sometimes. But at least they're doing something. Now, if you read the finality of Acts chapter 19, revival broke out in that city because the fear of the Lord hit that city because of, this, because of that event with the sons of Sceva. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. So think, I, that's good. You have given me something to think about because yeah. I've never looked at it like me that. neither. I've always looked at it as their first shot at this. They they, they realized that they they had met their match. They were right? in over their head. Yeah. yeah. But it, well, let's look at the church today. We're we're like trying to be all prepared. We're not ready for this. I'm not sure if I'm up to yeah. this. I'm doing stuff that I'm scared to death to do. I'm at board school board meetings. They're like breathing like hatred they're they're adjourning meetings because they know if they arrest us they'll get sued i just and, can't believe this about tolerant people <laughs> exactly i just cannot and, believe yeah. what you're and, telling and me. so like we're there and you know when i went to pay to my property taxes i walked into the courthouse and i'm like we're not that uh, you'll need to get a mask on i said no um what i say i'm exempt that's all i said yeah. i'm exempt kept walking and then 
they they called security on me and they i mean they were running around me like i was about to, <laughs> like i was a suicide bomber mm-hmm. and i'm like are you guys serious like this is my constitutional right yeah. i choose yeah. not to put a medical device over my face because it's not good for my health and so but i did it scared you know my god we're not we're not qualified to do this i'm in arenas that i'm i'm not confident in um, and I feel like I'm pitching left-handed after I've pitched eight innings right-handed, you know, as a pastor, mm. we're confident. And then we're going into places like, man, I think we're going to, I think I'm starting a jail ministry tonight. You know what I'm going? <laughs> and, I'm, not, and not on purpose. <laughs> and, like, Lord, the Lord's going to use me there though. <laughs> am I ready for this? And so, you, you know, you kind of laugh at yourself, but I, the Lord is so on boldness right now. That's, that's yeah. what he's on. He yeah. wants the church to step out. And I feel like the more... You know, the more I'm being, come, the more I'm come against right now, it just confirms that I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Um. You know, family. You know, I've lost. You know, family is not with me on this. Um. Thank God we have bold wives, man. Yeah. Thank God for yeah. our bold the wives. They're just like, That's right. You're gonna be out in the doghouse if you don't stand up to this tyranny. Mm-hmm. I'm like, thank you, honey. Uh. But. Most of our families like you can't say that, Dad, or that's wrong, and you you know, and so there is kickback, mm-hmm. but we have to be we have to be bold, and even if it's a mess, we make a mess, and when we make mistakes, even we're connecting with people right now that cuss a little more than what I'm used to, and maybe <laughs> don't do as you know they're not as Christianized as as I would like them to be. I think this is the season where if you're bold and you're willing to stand with me. I'm going to, I'm going to join with you. Yeah. Yeah. So much of, um, you know, we've been going through first Samuel as a church and I, I even see where you don't know totally what you're going to do. That's Samuel. Yeah. You know, going to like anoint David as King. He's, he's like, I don't totally know what I'm doing. He's grieving for Saul. And yet God says, get up, anoint him. You know, you're going to, you're going to go. Doesn't know who exactly he's going to pick. So even the very spiritually mature are in for a ride. Yep. You know, and they're and, and I think you have to be humble enough to to say, yeah, I the steps of the of a good man are ordered by the Lord, but I don't know exactly where this road ends. And you know, you see that that's actually walking with Jesus. I mean, the the Christianity was called the way. It's a it's a walk that yeah. you're doing. You don't you know ultimately where it ends with fellowship with christ but you don't know what all you're going to go through in way of peril and way of challenge and way of the, yeah. the 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 valley of the shadow of death you don't you don't know all that's there but the flip side of it is that you would be walking in the fear of men which we're not allowed to do as believers it's not that like fear can't touch you and you know like you you can have that feeling for a moment you just can't stay there as a christian you're not allowed in Revelations, it, you know, cowards is the first definition of someone that's in hell. That's and right. That, Boom. that convicted me. Yeah. I thought, wow. you know what? I can't be. A- and it's there with the witch, those who, oh, yeah. who committed witchcraft, the adulterers, the, the liars. I mean, it, but you're right. The coward was the, was the very first one. <laughs> it's and, like, you know, it was, it was, that is excellent. It yeah. was back. I in, want to preach on that. It was back in, in November. <laughs> I know you do. November. I had, I had my, my son graciously called it a hiking accident, but it was really just Chris being stupid and walking off the path. <laughs> I was like, boy, hiking accident sounds gracious. <laughs> That's uh, right. You like someone, I think Mark is the one who texted me, Mark Pierce. And he was like, 
because I was like, hey, I've been trying to get a hold of Chris or something, and for some reason, maybe a voice of the Patriots rally thing or something. And he's like, yeah, he almost died. Like he was like in. I'm like, wait, and like I thought he was joking. We, I was like, ha ha. Yeah, know, we like, were, it was interesting because the day before, I had told my church. I said, listen, I said, you need to be grateful that you have a pastor that has a backbone. And um, the next day, almost a little over 24 hours later, I'm in the hospital. And the doctor just told me, you broke your back. Holy cow. And so, and it was, you know, it, it was a journey because um, there was a lot of fear, you know, like what's going to happen? Um, because it was like, I was out for half an hour, never had a concussion in my life. Mm. My wife comes over and she like, she, she, she doesn't think I'm breathing. You know, she she called my spirit into my. I don't know what she did. She prayed over me. I believe she raised me from the dead once again. She's like, boy, you better get back in your body right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, I'm not doing this yeah. alone. <laughs> and so, and thank God, you know, we we've been there. But you know, Philippians was so big on my heart during that time. It's like, Lord, you're just going to walk with me through this. Um, yeah, it could have been Pastor Chris being stupid walking off the path, but I did feel like the enemy wants to take us down. And, um, but, you know, just as a testimony, I mean, after about six weeks, I was, you know, so much better able to sleep, but it was, it was a process. Never had a single headache. Everybody says, if you get a concussion, you have a lot. And never, I've never had a headache. Wow. So very grateful. But, you know, the Bible is clear about, we have to have a backbone. So many pastors have truth. So many of our legislators have truth, but they're not daring. They're not bold. They're not willing to stand up. I had a conversation with one of our legislators yesterday because our patriot, our patriot mm-hmm. group right now is opposing the the Indiana Republican Party in a lot of ways. Yep. We're raising up candidates like Mark Pierce because we want to bring pain to their campaign, and that's and <laughs> because that's the only way that they will listen. Is that your slogan? Is I that, just made it up. Okay, it's <laughs> like. because that's the only way that that they're they're listening right now because they violated their constitutional oath they they promised to protect our constitutional rights and they failed to do that during covid they failed to protect the people that were calling me say hey i have six kids they said they're going to fire me because they didn't accept my medical exemption you know we both you know all of us have been writing religious exemptions like crazy but um, they were even rejecting this lady's religious exemption. And I was so furious. Like, we are supported, um, our ministry supported by the hospital that I called up that was going to do this. I said, I called the administrator and I said, This is, I'm Pastor Chris from Gateway Church. I said, You guys have been involved in helping our hunger relief center. But, you know, I told him the situation. I said, This lady has six kids, sole support of her family. The last time that she was, um, that she got a vaccine, she almost died. And she has a medical exemption. You refused that. I said, I've written her a religious exemption. And she said she didn't get it in in time. And I said, if you don't do something about this, I said, I will drag your name through the mud. I will be your PR nightmare. Because I was just so ticked off. And because I had called my legislators. I was like, hey, guys, this is what's going on. This is where the rubber hits the road. And they did nothing. They did nothing. I know. And yeah. they're like, well, we, you know, well, the federal government. And I'm like, you guys yeah. don't understand the Constitution. Yeah. You're called up. You don't have, you have, you have to uphold the Constitution and you failed us. And I, it's like I told who Mark ran against, Dr. Barrett. I said, listen, 
we will raise somebody up against you because you're failing to protect our constitutional rights and we're ticked off. I'm doing your job and I'm talking to people who are being threatened right now at Indiana University. I mean, talking about a liberal school. I mean, they have on oh, one yeah. of their buildings. They're promoting a pedophile. Yeah, the Kinsey. Alfred Kinsey. Yeah, Kinsey Institute. I mean, mm-hmm. This is Indiana, man. Yeah. Like, we're more Trumpsters in Texas and Florida, I would believe. Don't you think so? Mm. And here we are. Yeah. Like, Listen, the people, I would say not in the state house, but definitely, no. yeah, definitely the people. We should be doing yep. what Texas is doing, what Florida's doing. So when our, when our legislators say, oh, we can't do anything, they're full of it. You yeah. know, they don't have... They don't have the backbone. That was the narrative all throughout COVID was it's not my fault. It's the attorney general's fault or it's the governor's fault or it's the, you know, it was just, it was just pointing finger pointing all the other directions deflecting from their own responsibility. And I think to your point, Chris, we, we felt the same frustration here at life church. It's, it's like, guys, are you going to do anything to defend the people from the tyranny that's coming from Washington or from the business, the chamber of commerce? Like you, you had, well, for the, it's the federal government or, or there's nothing I can really do. Well, you have a bully pulpit. This is what I tell, because a lot of them, you know, they would say, well, I'm only one of the 72 Republicans in the state house, right? What am, what am I going to do? And, and I say, you got, you got a, you got a Twitter feed, you got a Facebook, you got a bully pulpit, you're representing, uh, you know, couple thousand people in your district that's, get that's like start speaking up that's the exact same thing i said i yeah. said you guys aren't speaking out i yeah. don't care about your legislation but you should yeah. be on facebook you should be on twitter you should be like you know john jacobs and kirk nice yeah yeah the, the the two men that the republican party raised millions of dollars to kick out of office the two most conservative republicans mm-hmm. in our state house we just had those two speak at our last meeting because I'm like, what evil are you guys doing that the Indiana Republican Party <laughs> is raising, you know, oh, yeah. they're ineffective. If you guys are so ineffective, why did they just spend $3 million, yeah. millions of dollars? I can't know the exact amount. Well, it was $800,000, that roughly $800,000 that the, uh, the Republican Party in Indiana spent against those guys, which is for a state rep race. So like 75000 Oh, my gosh. Maybe. Like, that is... And to hear Kyle Huffert, the party chairman of Indiana, get up and say at our state convention, we don't like everyone calling uh, people rhinos rhinos in the party. Like, we need party unity. And if you're a Republican, I'm going to support you. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, you just spent $800,000 to remove two Republicans who you hate like with a passion and now you now you're ticked off because i've called the governor a rhino like do you think like, i'm ever <laughs> do you think i'm ever going to give a dollar to the republican party again i won't i, I will yeah, give we, it to a candidate but we, never to the party yeah i had uh, i had breakfast yesterday with one of our legislators too and um liked this guy a lot but he was warned you know that hey you gotta not be out front of so uh, of people so much that they can't follow you and And I thought about that, and I said, can I speak a different word over you? Is that leaders are always out front. They they see things before other people see them, and they're going towards that vision of what it ought to look like, and they bring people into alignment in order to get that thing done. I, I think that's, to be honest, I think that's a word that cowers people, that you can't go alone. Well, church, tell that to Churchill. He was the only guy out there speaking about how we should be handling Hitler. And when everybody else, their plan failed for how to handle Hitler, they went back and found the guy who was right all along. 
And I, I said, you know, you're, you're right. This is, you know, we were talking about the abortion issue coming up. Might be the thing that destroys your career. But this one, you better get right. I think what we've come to realize and I've come to realize is we've got to be more concerned, concerned about losing our country yeah. than losing our jobs. Yeah. yeah. And these guys, you know, it, what came off to me was these guys are good men. They need they need courage right now. And and the way courage happens is is you you have to you have to give your courage to another so they can find yeah. their courage. This guy I think he's a fighter. I think he he doesn't want to sway, you know, uh, you know, he doesn't want to to backpedal, but but when there seems like there's so many, that's why we got to speak up together and say I'm with you. Let's a, let's go after these. I people. mean, it is a spiritual battle. It I is. feel that's right. I feel the demonic realm um, coming over a lot of these legislators right now, where they're more concerned about oh, someone was out of order. <laughs> right. I'm like, really? There's there's the blood of innocent children being spilled on our streets, and we're worried about someone speaking out of order. Yeah. They're yeah. putting not, porn in our schools, and we're supposed to wait our turn. Yeah, and not, well, not, Jesus, not Jermaine. He just flipped over tables yeah. and made a whip. I'm sure that was out of order. <laughs> it's not germane to the bill at hand. Please yeah. sit down. Exactly, <laughs> and it's and it's it is sickening. Um, you know, I was just down in Florida taking a vacation and. And you have all these signs up for baby sea turtles. And you'll be fined, imprisoned, threatened with the potential life of a baby turtle. That's right. And I thought, you know what? Legislators who pass laws to protect potential baby turtles but do not pass laws to protect potential baby humans, yeah. you think you're going to stand before God and he's going to be like, good job? I mean, you are in danger of hellfire. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you, anyone who causes these little ones to stumble, yeah. it's better that you put a millstone around your neck and throw yourself into the sea. Yeah. I mean, that's the type of attitude we got to have. Because it doesn't sound like a very loving, unifying message from Jesus there, right? Well, you know, like Jesus, mill, millstone, love, uh, you know, drown yourself in the sea. And that's where, that's where I get so frustrated with the modern American church right now. And a lot of pastors say, well, Jesus loves everyone. Yeah, he does love them but he'll he's gonna kick the living daylights out of a bunch of people here yeah and 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 that there's gonna be people that are on the receiving end of that butt kicking saying i thought you loved me i thought you loved me he's like i do love you but you've become my enemy and i didn't want that for you but you've become my enemy you i, I spoke this to this gentleman yesterday i said you know the bible records there's certain things god hates and and one of the things he hates is the shedding of innocent blood. This one you're going to answer for. You might write a lot of legislation that, in the in the grand scheme of things, you had the latitude to make whatever you wanted. Really, there. I bumped up but, the speed limit to seventy on I sixty nine. You're not answering for that one, right? <laughs> this one, this one, and, and he said, "I believe this is the most important vote of my life." And I, he said, I am keenly aware. And we were we were specifically talking about, you know, rape and incest and, uh, you know, how many weeks you're going to let this go by. And I I told him, I said, I believe what you're going to do. This The curse has been on this nation because of the Supreme Court and what they did because it was over the whole of the nation. But now I said, do you believe in, in blessings and cursings? Because you're going to bring a curse upon Indiana. 
You're going to bring it back. And I don't really care what the girls are saying. I don't really care what the young people are saying. As fathers, there's a point where we go, no, we're not going to add this on top of what has already been a wicked evil against you. And 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 this guy, he was encouraged. I, that's what I, last night we had a, our first Wednesday service, and I... I just said, we we need to be in prayer. And I loved what you said, Micah. This this being held off until the 25th, this is our opportunity to, to, to talk to these guys. And I, I wasn't afraid to pull the guard, God card. I said, I just want you to know, you're, you're the legislator, but I'm the clergy. My job is to tell you the truth. It's your job to do it in accordance with the truth, and you'll be held responsible. But I'm the watchman on the wall, and if I don't call out, I'll be responsible for that. I think as many legislators that are going to get busted, there's going to be a whole lot more pastors that God is going to level to the ground. Interestingly, when we talk about abortion and God's view of human life, Remember the you remember Jesus talked about we heard this but you've heard it say an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth, um, you know that that verse is in the context of Exodus twenty one where it says when two men are strived together and hit a pregnant woman so that her children come out double homicide but there is no harm the one who hit her shall be fined as the woman's husband but if there is harm. This is, again, God is teaching us the value. He values life in the womb. He says, then they shall pay life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Mm. Yeah, Because we hear that said in the New Testament, mm-hmm. eye for, well, an eye for an eye. That's in reference to an unborn child Amen. in the womb. Yeah. So we know like God values life in the womb, and you and I are, are teachers. We're teachers of the body of Christ. It's like the plumb line in ancient Israel. When they mm-hmm. would build the wall, you would drop down this weight, weighted line, and they would build it according to that line. If it was crooked, you're building a wall that one day is going to fall down and kill somebody. And that's what our job is to say, listen, you're building this wall, but it is going to fall, and it will kill you and your generations to come if we don't stand up now and build this wall according to God's plan. And and do people have the backbone to stand up with truth even when we're being persecuted? You know, Jesus' own family came to get him and said, you're insane. And I'm like, I had to tell my wife that, honey, don't worry. This is what they did to Jesus. So it's okay. I tell people all the time, it's like they didn't crucify Jesus because they loved him. <laughs> you know, like it, you know, people are like, oh man, Jesus was a great guy. He was awesome. I would totally have been like his, one of his good pals and totally believed and followed him. I'm like, yeah, that's not really probably what would have happened. And and you go to John 6, you see the multitude went away offended. And you, you know, on top of that, you go and look at Jesus even addressed that. You think that you're great, you Pharisees. You would uh you you religious leaders you you wouldn't have killed the prophets you erect you know you whitewash the outside you honor them you think you're something but you'd have done worse and you will do worse because you'll do it against the Son of God Himself you know they they wouldn't have got it right I actually brought that up in the in the conversation they had with this gentleman I said if you knew everything that you 
know about the wickedness of slavery, how it was going to play out. You go back to right after the Declaration of Independence is signed. We have, all, I think it's six or seven of the of the colonies that immediately say that slavery is illegal. They were waiting for it. They couldn't do it under British law, but they could do it if British law isn't there. If, and, 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 you know, the whole question of trying to come up a nation, we had to get 13 colonies to come together in order to in, in order to be able to stand together against the British. And we, we say, well, we had to say 20 years and then we'll deal with, we'll, we'll deal with slavery. And I think it's a, it's a, in, in a way it's something we try to comfort ourselves with. Well, we'll, we'll deal with it later. We have to do this to beat the British, but we didn't necessarily have to do that. It was going to be what, you know, four score and seven years ago where, where Abraham Lincoln, it didn't get fixed in 20 years. It was 87 years and now 750,000 Americans died. And we have all of this baggage on this great wickedness that we permitted to come. And, and I said, if you knew everything that you know, how much slavery would you let stand? Of course, nobody's going to say, in any way, shape, or form, I'd let any slavery. You know, no, I, I would have. Seen well, what about it for those? What about for the poor plantation owners that they're just trying to make a living for their families, and they need slaves to help run the plantations? Uh, and, and and and, like, and how dare you tell me? We that should make I, an exception. You're taking away my rights. Yes, right. You know the very same arguments that we hear today could have been totally placed upon slavery, yep. and you would go never there. But when it comes to killing children. Yes. Yeah. You're like you are totally inconsistent. Yeah. The left's argument has always been has always been the same argument. It's like I should be able to do whatever I want to do because of freedom. But we understand that freedom is not liberty. Liberty is freedom restrained. Liberty mm-hmm. means there is a personal responsibility. Liberty means I I have to come at this from a place of a moral foundation, and that moral foundation was the laws of nature and nature's God. From the founders. That's right. And, Put and it right there and in the so, declaration. That's right. And so we we've got to do the same thing today when it comes to abortion. There's laws of nature and nature's God. And he has established that life in the womb is precious. And every legislator that will not back that up deserves to not be a legislator anymore. And, and, and I would say this to you guys. If you're listening, if, they, if there's possibility we got legislators listening to Jesus, Sex, and Politics today. They turn, look, they turn it off. They look, got mad. Yeah, well, and let's hope. And you know what? I mean, we've still got we've still got a lot of faithful listeners who will call their legislators. Right. But here's here's the thought. You, you look at slavery and everybody wants to think they'd have got it right. This will be worse than that. They will look back on this and they will say, How in the world did they ever think that wasn't a baby? How in the world could they could they could they have the laws where they were? You will be despised by history, just like standing up with Hitler. There will come a day where your name will be mud because you got this one wrong. And that's what you know. Genesis nine six says, "Whoever sheds the blood of man, by, by man, man shall, shall his blood be shed. shed." For God made man in His own image. And that's what we have to hold people accountable to. We're we're doing you a favor by warning you. Like that's you exactly said, right. Love warns. Love warns. We're warning you. Like your blood will be shed. The responsibility that's on our land right now for the sixty million aborted children that took place in our country is their blood still crying out. 
And if we think, well, they're not, it doesn't matter, it matters. I mean, what we do from this point forward matters, but I can tell you that there's still accountability for that blood that's already been shed. And we have, we have to come into grips with this, like, this is reality. God is a God of justice, and he's passionate He's loving, but his passion also extends to his justice. He's very passionate about justice. Tom, Thomas Jefferson said, I tremble for my country when I remember that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. This was, right. a man, this was a man that knew the immorality of slavery. He himself owned slaves, and he knew that he knew he was going to pay the price. He knew that America was going to pay the price for it if we didn't do something. Now, Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence, and it's interesting that he said all men are created equal because that right there was the poison pill. And I think you get a sense in Thomas Jefferson, when you read his writings, just like he knew he was giving himself over to immorality. He knew the British had done it. He knew that it, for thousands of years, this had been a part of generational uh, curses over nations. Mm -hmm. And he, and he said, we've got to end it somehow. Could he have ended it overnight? Probably not one man. Could have the colonies come together? And maybe they could have, like you were saying, Nathan. But regardless, he, he put the poison pill to, to the end this immorality in the Declaration of Independence when he mm -hmm. said all men are created equal. I'll mm -hmm. say this. He yeah. was a white, Christian, heterosexual man. <laughs> you can't say that here. Who put <laughs> the and the and this was the influence that put slavery ended slavery. Yeah, Not the right. only influence. But yeah, that's he, that's right. The he, most yeah. You know our our legislature. Did uh, he identify as that though? That's the question I want to know. Did he identify as that? Our legislature has just uh, given us, you know, what they should have protected all along, which was constitutional carry. Right? They just did that for what to defend life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I, and I said, you know, he brought that up. My job is to defend life, this, this gentleman. And I go, that's right. Defend life. When the egg and the, and, and the sperm come together, it, there's blood. One of his questions, he, he said, I don't know the Bible. And I, I appreciated that he admitted it, right? But he said, I, I don't really know the Bible. Um, he said, when does life begin? I said, the life is in the blood. Mm, that's good. It's it's all all you need to know. And and I said, there it's all through the scriptures. I, I took him, I said, Are you a Christian? He said, Yes. Okay, so then I'm gonna apply. Here's here's John the Baptist in the womb that responds to Jesus in the womb. You got personhood in the womb. We got one, you know, uh, Psalm one thirty nine. It's very laid out. You knew me while I was in my mother's womb when you when I was being knit together. We can make this argument backward and forward from the scriptures all day long. Um, there are answers to your questions, and I, and I challenged him, and I said, I'll be honest, you might be late to the game in terms of learning God's word, but you love the founding fathers and the founding fathers knew God's word. It's not too late for you to learn it and and then to apply these principles. I said, everything that you, you love, that when you see virtue, when you see righteousness, when you see courage, that's really Christ. Those are the characteristics of Christ, and and you need to know Him. He's the one that leads you. He he made a statement about how somebody spoke to him and said these words that the truth shall set you free, and I go, that's right. But do you know that the truth is a person? Jesus is 
the way, the truth, and the life. You're meant to know Christ, and so you can make right laws. Our founders knew that. you got to get back into the Word. And I think it's so important that we as pastors are a voice to our legislators. You either step up or you step down because they have a position, a platform. We're willing to risk our platform. I've risked my platform. Um, you need to. Everyone needs to risk their platform. And if you want to be a celebrity or want to keep your job, you're just inviting the judgment of God on your life. And That's right. It's been interesting because the prophetic and i th- i think you know the church being a non-profit organization has been beyond just p-r-o-f-i-t it's been n-r you know, oh P-R-O-P-H-E-T. that's good it's yeah. like we've we've stopped listening to the prophets they all got thrown under the bus in 2020 and i think it's so vital that we need we need the prophets and we need to respect their voice and What's happening, um, I know John the Baptist, that's what he said, that there's a time of winnowing right now, yeah. and I believe that's what we're in. And uh, as a study in the process of winnowing, it's it's taking the grain, and it's 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 separating the chaff, which is mm-hmm. the worthless dust and particles, and you throw it up in the air, and the key that you need is a wind. Mm-hmm. And I believe right now, we're in a wind and people like we just need to get back to normal. It's not happening. I just tell mm-hmm. you, it's not happening. It can go either way. Mm-hmm. I've had people tell me, I'm not sure if we'll have a country after this summer. Credible people. And we have to realize that the way that Jesus separated the wheat from the chaff, mm-hmm. threw it up in the wind, the chaff would be blown away because it had no weight to it. Mm-hmm. But the wheat, and guys, I'm hoping I'm the Boy, wheat so is we're weighty. And we and wait is the glory of God, and we've received the word. We're humble, and we're like, Praise the Lord. it's not about us, man. It's about the Lord. It's about Jesus. And hopefully, I have that weight when I speak. Hopefully, I have that weight mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm talking to people because that's what's going to separate us. And I I can't, you know, Ecclesiastes three. This is a time for war. If you think it's a time for peace, you're just not hearing God yep. right now. <laughs> right. If you, you think it's a time for love, it's a time for hate. And um, people are like, how do you know? I don't know for sure, but I can tell you this: that I every time I look at a watch or a clock, I see nine one one. I mean, I look at my mail; it's like nine one one. Everything I'm seeing prophetically, I'm hearing, and the people that I know uh, are speaking the same way I am. I'm like, okay, I think Lord, I think this is you. And if we um, if we don't if we don't have the weight on us, we're going to be blown away like chaff. We, and it's time. I tell I tell my people. I said, it's time to wake up the lions. I don't have time. I don't have time for sheep right now. Yeah. And the parable where it, and this is, seems like the the meanest thing I've ever seen in the parables, where the story of the ten virgins and five of them are foolish and five of them are wise. And remember when the foolish virgins run out of oil. And the, the wise ones say, we're not giving you any of our oil. I'm like, how unchristian-like is that? <laughs> you know, you've got extra, give it to them. They said, no, go buy your own. And that's where I'm at at this time in my life. If you don't have the oil, I talk to legislators, if you're out of oil, man, I'm not giving you any of mine. I need mine right yeah. now. If you don't have it, that's on you. If And we have to be that blunt. I don't have time for people right now that are want to be woke and want to um, just be in this, have their head in the sand. Mm, this yeah. is not the time for that. Mm-hmm. And we don't have our, I don't have time to waste my energy. 
Yeah. It Mike, doesn't feel very pastoral, though. Mike and I are preaching on a text on, on Sunday. Um, like I told you, we were in First Samuel, and we've gotten to the point where now the Holy Spirit has come upon David, but the Holy Spirit has left Saul. And now an evil spirit from the Lord comes upon Saul, and God's going to use it to actually usher in the new government under David. It's going to take a while, That's right? Good. It's going to be like 15 years, you know, potentially if, 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 if David's under 20 years old, I don't think he gets the kingship totally until he's 35, right? There's a lot that's going to happen, but we were talking about the demonic because it's, it is that we're, 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 we're in a demonic battle and you're, you're mentioning the voice of the prophets. And, um, I, I, I told that gentleman, I think you're telling, telling people I know Mike is, this is the word of the Lord. And then they have to question and go, yeah, but do you have the authority to say that? And I said, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, I know how God feels. He feels like this. And, and, and there will, this, this is a gravity. You better get it. You but better, think, think you better be on the right side of this. Think about this, Nate, though. If, if the prophets like, like Elijah said to Ahab, there's going to be no rain in the land. He said that until I speak. And I'm, I've been talking to some prophets, and I've been encouraged them. Would you start calling down judgment on some of our governors and our legislators and some of our rulers right now? Just, yeah. just because I'm wondering, um, and I'm, I'm not, and when I ask them, I'm, you know, it's biblically, did it not rain because Elijah didn't speak? Like, if we activate our prophets, will judgment come upon those? Who are who need the fall? Because remember when Jesus was uh, being prayed over in the temple, He will cause the rising and the falling of many. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when I rise and I want to rise, I want Micah to rise. I want Nate to rise. I want the godly people to rise. But we're like afraid to see other people fall. I want Governor Holcomb to fall. I don't know about you. I want some of these legislators without a backbone. I want them to fall. Like, that's my heart. I want this guy they got in the White House who thinks he's in the White House. I want him to fall. I want I want the good to rise, and I want the evil to fall, and that's my destiny. And- well, and it's love. Love wants, you know, it's, it's like 1 Corinthians chapter 5 that says, hey, you got sin going on in the church that's not compatible. I'm not even there. I cast judgment from where I am. You kick that that man yeah. who's sleeping with his stepmom, you kick him out of the church and turn him over so that his soul might be saved. When you say I want Turn him to over to Satan. Satan, Satan uh, yeah. over to Satan. So And they were proud. That's what the, the yeah. Paul's like, and you guys are proud of this. Yeah. Right. And look yeah. at our look at our look at our church. Look at the woke church right now. Oh man. I just saw a post on like Christian nationalists, and I'm like, dude, if you think if you call loving your country being a Christian nationalist, I said, I must be one Mm -hmm. because you need to love your country. And if you're from a different country, you need to love your country too. I'm not saying don't love your country. That doesn't make us this Christian weird nationalist type of stuff. The, the idea of, of wanting to see them fall is you want to see them repent. It's like, it's like the prodigal son out in the pig pen hit rock bottom. He came to his senses there, there, there's a place for, kings and politicians and governors to repent to be broken before the lord the the thing i was thinking about was this in in first kings chapter 22 there are prophets that 
bear that name of prophets, but they are they are prophesying by a lying spirit. And we have we have we have a text for this, right? Um, and just starting in verse nineteen, it says, Micaiah said. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, who will entice Ahab to go up and to fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said this while another said that. And then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. And the Lord said to him, how? And he said, I will go out and be a deceiving spirit in the mouth of all of his prophets. And then he said, you are to entice and also prevail. Go and do so. And, and now, therefore, behold, the Lord has put a deceiving spirit into the mouth of all of these, your prophets, and the Lord has proclaimed disaster against you. So, you know, you can have prophets out there who are telling you, oh, everything's fine, everything's fine. They've abdicated actually being what God called them to be. They're promoting a counterfeit peace. Absolutely. Which is no peace at all. That's absolutely right. And then you have, you know, and and Ahab saying, see, I told you, you'd never get any any good, you know, prophecy towards me. Yeah, that's right. Because, Because righteousness and unrighteousness are incompatible. You can't, you can't mix these two. And I think that there's a lot of people out there and they're saying they speak for the Lord and the Lord is not in their unification message. It, it's, it's really scary. And I have one more point yeah. I want to mention. When you look at the story of Ahab and Jezebel, to me that's a picture of the Democratic Party. Now, as I've studied, and you'll see this in the book of Kings, what happened is Jezebel had a daughter and she ended up marrying the son of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. Mm-hmm. And what happened is, is one, both sides got contaminated mm-hmm. with the Jezebel spirit. And I was teaching this the other night at the Voice of the Patriots. I said, the house of Israel, Ahab and Jezebel, that's like the Democratic Party. That's like the Clintons, in my opinion. Yeah. And then you see Jehoshaphat was a godly person, but he allowed the influence of Jezebel into the royal line. And Jezebel ended up taking over through her daughter, the house of Judah. And that's what we see happening with the Republican Party. We, yep. thought, we thought these guys were on our side. No, they are, they've been contaminated by the Jezebel spirit. And what happened is, is God had to raise up a Jehu, who has a picture of Trump, mm-hmm. to actually um, rid the, the spirit of Jezebel out of both lines, out of the house of Judah and the house of Israel. And I think we have to, that's what's happening right now. We have to recognize the Republican Party has been influenced by this Jezebel spirit, compromised, um, and they're killing the prophets. They're against uh, the voice of the conservatives. They're not our friends anymore. And it's, it's a sad thing to say, but it's reality. They're worshiping money and power. And, you know, I mean, those things will corrupt you. If the if the Republican Party thinks that you know we want to hold on to influence and we just care that the Chamber of Commerce likes what we have to say and we we bow you you can have money in the worldly way or you can have the blessing of God which is far greater than all the money that the that that the Chamber of Commerce can possibly muster when these when these uh, companies come to you and say well we won't do business here I would man. I, if I if I could be Holcomb, man, I'd go. Oh, I would love it if you don't come. 
because God will figure out a zillion other exactly. ways to bless us for righteousness. But they don't. Yeah. But they don't have the. They don't have the backbone to say that. They're afraid of people. And you know, I, I believe it's Deuteronomy twenty three. It talks about the requirements to be to work in the temple. And you see, like a, a, a hand that doesn't work, you can't work. A hunchback, you're bent over. A, a droopy face, you can't work. A testicle that's destroyed. And that's the key thing. If you're, if you, you, can, you didn't have good testicles, you couldn't you, be a priest. Who well, gets the, who gets to check that one? Because yeah. I don't want that job. I, that's that's really gross. And what All right, we, man. Let what, me see. What, what, what do we see? We see that we now have politicians whose testicles are crushed. Yeah, yeah. And they're not. And and if your testicles are crushed, you don't. Yeah. Don't serve. Step down. Yeah. Because we need people that got their yeah. parts. Let's put we, yeah. No kidding. Working, if I can say that. Well, it goes back to just saying, you know, hey, courage. Right courage. now, the Lord is behind the bold, right? Like he's he's getting behind them. He's he's going before them. He's going behind them, beside them, and he's he's elevating the bold. And to your point, if you're listening, if you're listening to this, and you know what Pastor Chris said at the beginning was, you don't always have to have it all figured out. You may feel very unqualified and ill-equipped, but you know what? If you look at almost every single amazing biblical leader that God raised up in scriptures. They all said the exact same thing. I mean, you can go through the list, whether it's Moses, whether it's Peter, all the way through the whole scriptures, and you can see people that say, I am totally ill-equipped to be doing what I'm doing right now. But the Lord just said, that's okay. I'm equipped, and I will use your obedience, and I will use your boldness. But you got to be... You got to be bold. So for anyone listening to this, be bold, speak truth, uh, be willing to risk losing the favor of men, but for the favor of God. And what Abraham Lincoln was once asked, and you said this last night, Nathan, at our first Wednesday worship service that we do the first Wednesday of each month. And you said that uh, Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War was asked is if if God is on the side of the North, if you know someone went to him and said, is God on our side, Mr. President? And Abraham Lincoln said, that's not the question to be asking. We need to be asking, are we on God's side? And, and what that shows is that there was a president right there that knew the blessings of God and the favor of God are far more important than anything that this world has to offer. Yeah, that's right. And it, it comes down to reverence. Who do you revere? Yeah. Do you revere the praises of man or do you revere the praises of God? Like, do you fear the Lord? Being a God-fearing person is a humble position. People might say we're arrogant. It's exactly the opposite. We have taken the side of truth. We will not be ashamed on the day that we stand before the judgment because you are siding with God. And so you 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 have to ask yourself, are you just a teenager that's afraid of peer pressure or have you played the man? You look at, at stories throughout church history. Well, there's a great one, Polycarp, who is one of the guys who, who, uh, who was a direct disciple of the apostle John. And he's an old man and they arrest him and they're going to torture him and they bring him before and they say, just recant and we'll let you go. And he, as he's walking out, the Lord speaks to him and says, Polycarp, play the man. You, and and, and he, he stands up and he says, I've never had God ever let me down. And I promise you, I'm not going to forsake him now. Why? What is it about the old? The old have something in them. We, we, we preached the message this last week at the, at the Noblesville camp. It's just about 
Samuel's old spirit knew how to walk with God and revere God and and stand when he had to stand. He wasn't going to be like Saul. And God's looking for people. He will elevate them. All promotion comes from the Lord. And God will also abase those who don't have a humble heart. I think about Andrew as he went to the cross. Fox's Book of Martyrs records this story. And it says that when he saw the cross, the apostle Andrew, that he started walking faster towards it. And he strutted towards it, and he said, long have I, how long have I envisioned this day? And he said that Andrew was one of the most manly of all men. He embraced the cross. When he got there, he wrapped his arms around the cross and hugged it. So do you, do you seek to save your life, or do you seek to, to lose your life? And, and, if, and, and if you're in a position of authority, I just hope we have some legislators out there listening or Come maybe on. their staff. Oh, I pray that God will give you courage. Now's the time to be a leader, not a follower. And Now's love, the time to buck the system. Come on. I love what Polycarp said. You threaten me with a fire that will go out, but you're, gonna be, you're threatened with a fire that's unquenchable. Mm. And we have to recognize the cost that we, we're going to be required to pay if we don't stand up. Yeah, I love the name Andrew means manly, too. Yeah. yeah. That's so powerful. That's good. And see, fulfilled his name to the, his very last breath. Yeah. And that's our hope. Let's fulfill what God has called us to do. Let's carry the cross. Let's finish well. Let's stay bold. Stay encouraged and get around the right people in this season. Listen to the right voices. Um, we're excited. I want to do a blurb for our July 23rd. Yes, event. I was just going to ask you about that. Yep. Um, so July 23rd in uh, Richmond, Indiana at the Cornerstone Family Market. You can go to our uh, website, voiceofthepatriots.net. We have Dr. Alan Keyes will be with oh. us. And uh, great. He, he is one of the most intelligent men, yeah. former UN ambassador, um, presidential candidate, and loves the Constitution and bold. Mm-hmm. We also have Pastor Micah Beckwith with with he's, us. He's not as great as he's, Alan he's good, Keys, but he's super. He's good. on the rise. <laughs> he's good. He got picked up by you know <laughs> by the Yankees. Uh, t- Turning Point USA. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. going to be speaking. I get to go out and carry his Bible. Oh, this year. cool. Oh, you're good. Uh, Lawrence Bishop, a pastor in uh, in Cincinnati, but we're going to have fireworks. We're going to have, it's going to be a great time of celebration. It'll be outdoors six to nine under a tent. And um, we're just going to celebrate. We're going to trust God's going to do something amazing. And these are all men of men of God that will be speaking. And we're just, uh, the resistance chicks will be there. Okay, uh, I, cool. I, have you met the resistance? No, chicks but yet? you, you, uh, I've seen, I've heard them and seen them. Yeah. They've, uh, yeah. Are they from Ohio. They're from Ohio. Yeah, that's right. You'll yeah. love them. So it's going to be a spirit filled, um, Great time, patriotic time. And so we invite you guys to come out. It's uh, free, awesome. 6 to 9, um, in Richmond, Indiana, Cornstone Family Market. Cool. cool. See you there. And then, uh, so the name Bible, or the name translation Bible, let me get it here. So I got it right there. So uh, where can people, like, what's the best way for people to pick up this translation? Because it's a really good translation. The TNT Bible. Yes, yeah, the love TNT it. translation. Well, if you go to our website, which is www the tntbible.com or uh, the name translation.com um, it'll tell you more about the bible about the translation how we went about it and um, it's endorsed by dr brian simmons who did the passion translation you can go on amazon uh, you can pick it up it's 39 dollars for the hard copy but i do encourage the kindle copy because 
you guys are missing out on another really cool thing in the electronic version. There's actually uh, it's a color coded version. And this to me has been one of the, the coolest highlights where the, the name of Yahweh is in the color blue. The words of Jesus are in red and the words of the pre-incarnate Jesus are in the color purple. Ooh, that's cool. It's fascinating. Yeah. It'll take you, it'll take you to a whole nother, uh, just level of like, wow, this is, this is how the, the, the first Hebrews or the earliest Christians would have read the Bible and, and thought this way. And it's, it's a fascinating uh, journey when you even begin to see the colors. See, that's great, but I've already gone through my translation of the physical Bible with a highlighter and already done that. Like, so you got all the purple (laughs) and the blue and it took me about 14 days, but I got it done. 80 hours to read the Bible. It only takes 80 hours to read the Bible. I was, I I just want to say like, uh, this is, I got a lot of different Bibles, a lot of different translations. Um, but I would really encourage you from even if you want a great devotional Bible just to meet with the Lord in the morning, um, I would encourage you, go spend the money on this. This is an excellent, excellent tool. It's awesome. Pastor Chris, thank you so much for taking time coming up here to Noblesville. And uh, we'll be uh, we'll be catching you at Voice of the Patriots here soon. And July then 23rd. July Saturday. 23rd. Hey, looking forward to it. It's going to be a good... Uh, Great to have be, you, man. Yep, thank you for being thank here. Thank yep. you, Nate. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for what you guys do and Likewise. standing up for our country and standing with Jesus, man. We love you guys. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Amen. All right. Thank well, you. hey, we'll be back here in just a second, and we'll be wrapping things up. So uh, hang with us, and we'll be right back. The scripture says, It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We're not the hero of our story. The Lord is. So we reach out to him in our weakness. We find his strength in order to to do God's will here on earth as God's will is done in heaven. So let's pray that way. Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. Lord, we know that at the end of all time, you will set all things right. You will redeem Lord, that you will you will cause it to be put back together as it should be. Lord, we will live in a day and age where the battle still rages. The end is certainly taken care of because of the cross. But Lord, now, as we're in the midst of this battle, we pray that you would go before us. Lord, you're the mighty one of Israel. You're El Shaddai. You are the champion. And you go before us into the presence of our enemies. Lord, we know we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. And we need you to give us your courage. Help us, Lord God, to to reach out and to do those things you've called us to do. I pray for uh, conversations with legislators. I pray for letters to be written. I pray for phone calls to be made. I pray... Lord God, for for conversations to happen, to influence anyone that we can towards life and towards the way that you see things. Lord, we want the way you see things to happen. Lord, I pray against the curse coming on Indiana. Instead, I pray, Father, that your blessing would be upon us. Lord, help people to find courage. Be our source. Be our strength and be our joy. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen.
All right, guys. Well, hey, we hope you were blessed today by this latest podcast of Jesus, Sex, and Politics. We'll catch you next week. Um, and we were going to have another uh, great show. Uh, and we will, as promised, we will get into all of the different segments. Maybe what did Biden say? He gives us so many clips. <laughs> so much material. want to use them all the time, but that's all this would turn into is what did Biden say. But anyway, hey, we, uh, we love you guys. We will catch you next time on this amazing podcast. Can I say that? Can I say amazing podcast about our own podcast? Yes, you can. I can? Okay, cool. I think it's pretty amazing. I give you permission. All right, cool. All right, well, hey, this has been Jesus, Sex, and Politics, where we like to talk about all those things that, wait, is I always get the outro messed up. You hey, do that. <laughs> I have a This is Micah. And I want to use And them. this is Nathan. I'm Nathan. We talk about all those things that culture doesn't want to talk about that will scare you. Hey, we got it. Okay, we'll see you next time. <laughs>